Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. There was loads going on this weekend. Well, actually, three things. There was everything that's wrong about Formula One on display in Brazil, and there was everything that was right about WEC on display in Bahrain. And plus, there was a nail-biting end to the NASCAR season yes. that, Tiff, no doubt you were glued to your seat with. And I expect you were glued to your seat with uh, the Southampton win on the weekend as well. You had a good good win on the weekend. Oh, yes. Well, we were there up top row over the goal last minute went in go look at saints but all the photos it's great they got photos of the whole grandstand and if you look above the goal in the middle george wears his bright red coat and you can just see the right bright red coat in the photos it's so, good yeah we watch, were there good to watch your team winning and uh in terms of formula one well, it was a funny old weekend in brazil wasn't it it was a uh, i don't well, think yeah, we'll i don't think these sprint races are working i don't think they're working at all i don't well, that's think the first question like it, the, the fans like it uh, it's just it's not well, right. don't you like it then no, i don't actually don't you no, like it no per- personally i think you say i'm still a fan are you yeah i, I still well I know, I know you know Christian Horner has said a lot of things, which I agree, you know, that you, you win the sprint race, it's sort of, um, what's the Grand Prix tomorrow, you know, sort of, and suggesting it should be like a million dollars to the winner or something, that we need something to spice it. But the thing I like about it is that on Friday, you have a, because I, I don't really like free practice one, two or threes, you know, they're a bit dull. So, so if you're on the Friday, you get a free practice one, you get a qualifying set, I love qualies. Then, then on, the, on the Saturday, you get, no, I've lost myself now. <laughs> on Saturday, you get free practice too, don't you? No, you get a sprint quality. Sorry, then on Saturday, you get a quality and a race. So that's, you know, good entertainment. Although the Americans didn't turn up for coaching, according to the American promoters. Because it's not a quality on the Saturday, it's a shootout. Just note that. Important obviously, between a quality and a shootout. It just means they've got shorter qualified sessions. Um, so... I actually think there's something there still because I think that gives the Friday quality and the Saturday quality and a race. But you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't watch a movie. You wouldn't say, oh, I really want to go and watch Oppenheimer at the cinema, which is two hours long. And you wouldn't go and say, mm-hmm. but before I go, I'm going to watch a 20-minute version of it or a half-an-hour version of it just to give me a taste no. of what's going to come on tomorrow. I'm going to watch the film, the main oh, film no. tomorrow. But I'm going to watch because it's it's the same. It's the same. The same cars that do well in the sprint clearly do well in the in the in the race as well. It's it's too much of a. I think what should happen. I think um, I I do like them. I do like these little short sharp sprints. But but maybe yeah. just go to Vegas and do four sprint races in a weekend. Nothing else. Don't do the main race. Just do four sprint races. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still gonna, but but then somebody said on Twitter, which I thought was uh, maybe a good idea, and you despise this. But maybe do the reverse grid. Oh. And then, no, no, I can hear it coming. I can hear it coming. No, we're not having reverse uh, I, I, artificial I'm open. I'm open to make it more entertaining. But I think four spin races in a weekend would, would be would be exciting. Not one. I think the million dollar check. You remember sports? Motorsports never had it. They've always Bernie Eccleston forever. <laughs> now the driver gets it. Oh, you yeah. know, Rem, I mean, Formula One, you never knew who, you never knew the prize money. Every other event you go to in tennis or, or golf, you know, it's the check at the end with a million dollar, five million dollar. And maybe holding up a million dollar check having won yeah. a sprint race might no, that's give a bit of you, you're, getting, you get, you're getting naff in your old age now. No, because the drivers get paid anyway. It's the team that have to get paid. What about all those mechanics that are doing one point? Those golfers, those golfers, the golfers. 
getting paid enough. They weren't shy for going to get paid a bit more, were they, when they went to live? I mean, every sportsman can't have enough. You know, they're going to retire soon. They've got to look money for the future. You know, they've got to look after those futures. It's all about but the longer. And the whole thing, that, that's one debate. So that's one debate that Interlagos brought up. But I think the several, Interlagos showed up everything that's wrong with F1 because we've got the aero problem. So this, you know, you can't follow. So you can't come out close for the qualifying laps. And then your tyres have to be specially prepared and have to be built up so you get the right lap. And then you mustn't have anyone within 400 yards ahead of you. So obviously we saw them stopping in the garages in Mexico. So now they come out with this new rule where they had to keep left, going out of the pit lane and you could overtake, um, which sort of worked. I thought, thought that was a step in the right direction. Um, but you still had, you know, people overtaking with two wheels on the grass. We got Russell got two place grid penalties, so did Ocon and Gasly because they didn't move over enough. Um, and it's just, it's the car, it's the regulations that all these problems are exasperated, exasperated by the cars themselves. Because they're so air-obsessed, so you can't follow within 400 yards without being slightly slow. They're so tyre-obsessed because Pirelli have been asked, it's not Pirelli's fault, they've been asked to come up with these tyres that, you know, run out of rubber very quickly and have, you know, um, you know soft, medium and hard. And so they've that's because the cars can't race on their own because they're so scientific and aerodynamic. So you have to have tyres that gives artificial uh, handicapping, say. Then you've got the DRS. Now, I sort of persuaded myself that DRS, I thought we had to get rid of it with the new regulations that Ross Braun was coming up with. Furthest from the truth I could possibly imagine, we are having DRS forever. So this is something we've got to get used to. It's not ever going away. But now I think, well, if you're going to have it, I persuaded myself that DRS was like a slipstream because the aero under the cars takes, you don't get much slipstream, you get a little bit, but not enough to overtake. So I'm told my brain, okay, we're just giving them slipstream, which the aeros take away. Well, then give it from that. Why we have this two laps or three laps? Because in two laps, the front cars are usually split out by two second gaps. Because they can't follow in the opening two laps because they're worried about wearing out their tyres or overheating their stupid tyres. <laughs> and so you've, you, everybody's out of DRS range normally, you know, within a couple of laps. So let's have DRS from the word go. And let's have no DRS in qualifying because that allows a car like the Red Bull, maybe it's got, you know, an extra scientific advantage if you've got a really good DRS. So why, why have DRS in qualifying? You're not but following why, anybody. Why penalise Red so, Bull for having uh, uh, the best DRS in qualifying? No, I just, I just think it's silly seeing it opening and shut during qualifying. Yeah. No, take it away. Take it away. I, think, it I, I, I don't think it should be there in qualifying. But, but you can't just no. take it away because Red Bull are doing well. You can't just say, oh, well, they're doing too no, well. No, not because really. that was just an example. Just, okay. I just picked a Red Bull. That was just an example. I just but, don't think we need the slipstream when you're on your own. Then there's the track surface. They're all moaning interlocks. It was an old surface which rubbed so the tyres up the wrong way. So what? Yeah, let's say you could, yeah but, but yes, I can see now them telling interlocks you must resurface the whole track. Because they have to have these no bumps, smooth, the same friction the, factor the on every track around the world. They're, they're too big, too technical. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Interlagos highlighted all the problems that these aero giants, you know, demanded. You know, we're talking about the race stage. We've got this magnificent, you know, Lando attacking um, Max. And then Max sort of looks, oh, <laughs> he's got a bit close to me, so... So he just puts his foot down. Max is going, because they're all, I, I described, I will describe the sprint race as like a Formula E race. Now that is the biggest insult I could possibly give Formula One. 
because all the drivers were driving around like Formula E drivers conserving their soft tyres because they had to do 26 laps or whatever it was, 26. So they couldn't stop. So they were all just backing up, backing up, going as slow as they could. And Max did that at the beginning of the Grand Prix. So he was going as slow as he thought was about right to make his tyres last. And then all of a sudden Lando's alongside him. So he just squirted the throttle for three, or two, like one lap, I think it was. I think he pulled out 1.8 seconds a, in one lap. Yeah, in one lap, yeah. And Ridiculous. then just relaxed again. And then, so that's what I was really banging at. It's just, and I, I was stuck with this. And I am getting really worried that, you know, Vegas is coming up next. We've got Miami. That You know, Fortnite is just going to be a show for the rich to go and drink champagne, eat fancy food, watch the racing on the telly inside their corporate boxes. I mean, Interlagos is the greatest racing circuit. If it is and it's successful, and that's where they want the business to go, it's a shame for people like us who love the motorsport well, racing for years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But but let's move on to something else, and and they'll lose their their core, um, their, their, yeah. their core demographic because there's well, so much good racing I out there. I think they will. Because it's getting yeah, frustrating. Other, other it's getting circuits. frustrating, not just with the cars, but getting frustrating with the circuits. You know, you, we're holding on by dear life to to have Spa on the calendar. One of the most like yeah, hot, yeah. most magnificent racetracks yeah, in the world, yeah. and, and and they are changing it. Instead of that, we got Vegas because yeah. wow, look at this! It's uh, two thousand dollars to go and watch it, and you can go party. Well, Max, I mean Max, you have to love Max. He's quite honest these days. You know, he's on the top of the tree, and he says, you know, I don't think Vegas is much of a race. He said that, you know, because he knows he looked at the simulator. They're all ninety degree quarters, as American street tracks tend to, to create. Um. Magnanimous Max, 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 Tiff, Magnanimous Max, when he's winning. Trust me, as soon as it yeah. starts evening out of this, <laughs> no, this he's mature all... Magnanimous Max, yeah. trust me. On the track, <laughs> the horns will grow. On the track, right, the horns he... will grow back. And it's and off he's, track. He's yeah. actually, he says his mind off track. Tiff, you're like damned that. if you do, damned if you don't. All these guys, I feel sorry for them. They're thrust into the spotlight. Everything yeah. is under a microscope. Whatever they do, whatever they say, however they act. Yeah. Uh, it, it's under a microscope, but you cut. You, some people do themselves less favors than others. Um, you know, look at uh, Lance Stroll, for example, when he's slouching <laughs> on the chair and doesn't care where he is. But it is tough. Uh, I do feel for them. But the other thing that came up into like as well was cooling of cars. Again, this is these cars are so scientific, and engineers want a smaller opening for your brakes and your engine cooling because that reduces drag. And so they're so obsessed with this precision that the two Ferraris they start the sprint race they're immediately told you've got to lift and coast you're overheating, you've got to lift and coast, so they were lifting and coasting around the sprint race because they weren't allowed to race and the tyres wouldn't let them race and the engines would let them race, then the brakes overheat the brakes won't let them, it's just we've got to make cars more durable tyres more durable and I don't know you imagine, you imagine but, saying um, you imagine saying in a 24-hour race at Daytona or Le Mans or something and saying, right, lads, uh, could you just lift and coast for a little bit because, uh, you know, we've got to protect the well, car. Well, we did. When it, in the Group C days, I raced. Well, Tiff, we're going back 30, 30 years. We had to, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. But we, but we had to lift and coast. You always have to lift and coast occasionally. Yeah. You know, you occasionally get to a situation. If, if doing 14 laps of Le Mans is better than doing 13 laps, you know, sometimes you lift and coast, so you can do an extra lap before you stop, which in 24 but, hours might give you an extra stop. We're not talking about 1985 Yeah, We're talking about, well, 40 years I old. I know. Not. So it's yeah. it's very different now. With the, also, the also this, so then we get to the quali problems. The quali problems still go on and on. Slow car, we had this awful accident with Ocon and, and uh, Fernando. And it wasn't Fernando's fault. You know, there's, there's just so many cars cruising around that, that 
you're, you're going to overtake someone every time you're doing quality lap. You're going to overtake four people that are trying to get out of your way. And Ocon had this bit of a twitch and slid out, and poor old, you know, Alonso was there, and a huge shunt. So you've got to look at the American qualifying system. I mean, they never do any of these things. They never listen to me <laughs> in our little podcast. You know, they have their, they have their, they have the timing beam half a mile before pit entry. So it's not on the start finish straight. So you start your quality, you go out of the pits, you do seven eighths of a lap, and then you hit the quality, the starting beam, do your flying lap, and then you peel off straight away. So you're off the track. So that means instead of doing three, three laps to get a qualifying lap in, you do two. Oh, just a simple thing like that would use. Otherwise, we've got to, I mean, even Formula E, who I take the mickey out of, you know, they've got that, you have the general qualifying session, then you've got the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, where cars go out in little pairs, one at a time, to sort of have a knockout system. They could call it a proper shootout then for the sprint they did. I don't know, it's got to be seriously addressed that we can't have so many cars where everyone is moaning, all the drivers are moaning. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's disappointing. What did, what did you so what, the quality, of course, was quite exciting on the on the on the where we're still on Friday. We go back for the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, on the Friday we had the storm, didn't they? It was sort of you know first out of the pit lane wins. Yeah, and I think that was the one where Max again he suddenly overtook about four cars in the pit lane. He sort of saw this, you know, because people, people got really angry about the that, system. That well, yeah, but you know, if you the system they created meant that if you have to let someone buy. It means you have to let someone jump into your gap that you were trying to create. So nobody was happy with that. None of the drivers all moaned about that. And the Twitter, <laughs> Twitterati was saying that he should have been penalised. It was dangerous driving. But no, because the FIA no, said you're allowed was, to do that. You that can was overtake. the rule. It You've was fine. Stay, to, stay yeah. to the left. And if someone wants to overtake, they can. So yeah. and, and, and the rule. Track limits, speed limits, uh, pit lane limits. So as bad as it looked. Oh, track limits. Track limits. Track limits. <laughs> Just to go back to the news. After after Felipe Massa still tried to win his 2008 World Championship, uh, retrospectively, the Haas team have, have protested the Cota race because they were done. Hulkenberg got extra track limits right at the end. And so they've gone back and they want evidence. They found evidence that uh, Albon and someone else and someone else had track limits that weren't penalised. So they're trying to redo the results of uh, Cota. And if you wonder, and if you wonder why the difference is with, uh, I don't mind that so much because the difference is it's worth a lot of money to the, these guys where they finish well, yeah, in the construction championship. But, but this is the belief they matter. But this just highlights. Yeah. Yeah, but it highlights the problem with track limits. You know, this is going to happen because because you can't watch every car on every lap on every. And this whole circuit is ringed with an electric wiring system that pings them, which is why I think you have some sort of physical barrier. But then we've got motorbikes that don't like gravel. Oh, there's so, so much. We, we, we started with football, uh, and I'll give you a football analogy. You win some, you lose some. There was a massive debate, top of the table, <laughs> Arsenal, Newcastle. You <laughs> win some, you lose some. Personally, I think Hash should just drop it because they, sometimes they're going to uh, win some, and sometimes they're going to... As long as you have sensible people doing VAR, you won't have problems. If you see a player <laughs> with two hands, two hands pushing an opponent into the... Two hands pushing an opponent... I think, not being a qualified referee, obviously, that that is a foul, if you're talking right. about enough, that Enough football Arsenal, talk. Enough of football. So we got the quality, we got a dramatic <laughs> quality at the end. Poor old Lando, who'd um, uh, been set fastest in, in FP3, Poor looked Lando. like he was on the pace. Poor Lando. Didn't, didn't jump the queue of, in the pit lane. He's in the era of oh. the most successful car and driver ever. 
<laughs> he would have won so many. So Grand we had Prix Max still well. got a Leclerc was second. It was like whoever got out first was on yeah. pole. Second was Leclerc. I mean, this amazing Aston Martin um, second row with Stroll beating Alonso because every everyone that was after they all went slower because the wind got up. Mercedes were then after them, so they had a Mercedes row three, and Lando was seventh. Um, but then, of course, Piastri spun, and I did feel sorry for Jacko Perez, who'd had a good weekend. He was with a tenth of uh, of Max almost in all the qualified sessions, and then uh, Piastri spins in front of him, and he ends up ninth on the grid for the Grand Prix. So I felt a bit sorry for him. He was having a good weekend. Yeah, he had a good, he had a good um, weekend. So that was like Friday's drama. Got a bit wet with the spectator there going home because I think it rained slightly <laughs> after the quali ended. Then Saturday morning, we had a sprint quality, didn't we? The shootout. Shorter sessions. Everybody moaning about being held up. People getting in each other's way. Um, but at least Lando got his pole position. So Lando finally proved that McLaren was there. Um, but the race was this Formula E slow bicycle race on the Saturday afternoon. It was just... I mean, the silly thing is it, it looks quite exciting to the uninitiated. I don't want to say under, but the casual viewer of, of motor race. They watch Formula E and think, God, oh, they're all close. The whole race. That's amazing. And um, behind sort of, um, well, Max disappeared, obviously, Max and behind Max and, and uh, Lando, there was a great chain of cars, which were quite interesting to watch. But uh, they were all saving their tyres. They were all just cruising around and the Ferraris were lifting because they were overheating. Um, so That's not racing. That's, that's not racing. It's No, it's surviving. Yeah. But it looks spectacular. Then it suddenly went the Grand Prix, of course. And that had more, more, more controversies. <laughs> Lando, I mean, it's amazing stuff. Because Lando got from seventh to sixth because George got two, two place penalty for his um, impeding in qualifying. So Lando was an amazing start to, to follow Max in second place, which was good for the rest of the race for him. But of course, we had this massive shunt behind him, which I was raging again. I mean, <laughs> they don't seem to blame someone that moves <laughs> over. The Ocon in, in, I think on this podcast, I moaned about Ocon in um, Japan. He had plenty of room on his right. The corner coming up is a right hand. So he just started wandering to the left, which would have helped his, his turn into the first corner. But there were two cars on his left. And all the experts seemed to say, oh, he wasn't to know there, would be, there was another car. That's, that's why they caused the pincer move. He didn't know that. But you have to assume it now. If you're a Grand Prix driver, you tell them, you know, if you haven't got to move, you go straight to the first corner. And nobody picked up on K-Mag. Just, oh, well, K-Mag pinched Hulkenberg. He didn't blame him. He did, the stewards didn't penalise him. I'd have banned him for a race. And I love K-Mag. I'm a K-Mag fan. Don't get me wrong. But that whole crash was caused by K-Mag moving over unnecessarily. I mean, he obviously knew his teammate. It was actually just gone by his teammate. But, you know, you've got no peripheral vision. And you just have to assume that there might be three cars and might be another car. You've got to go straight. Yeah, I agree. Because he wiped out, you know, ruined uh, poor old um, the Williams, you know, Albon's race, wrecked his car, huge wreck, and took two hasses out. Then, then Alex's tyre bounces off the track, takes Piastri's wing off, goes back up in the air, lands on Ricardo's wing. So they both had to pit for new rear wings, which they could do because the race was red flagged. They were still but, but their races ruined as races. well. <clears throat> yeah. Of course, we'd already lost Leclerc. Leclerc with his, with his Ferrari seizing up its hydraulics and spinning him into the barriers. So that was it. But we lost mine already. Then we'd lost K-Mag and uh, Albon on the first thing. And then, you know, we had um, 
Bottas, Piastri and, and Ricardo. So that's five cars virtually sort of knocked out of contention. Um, and then we had the race, you know, which, you know, was we had this wonderful moment with, uh, with Lando having a go at Max before Max said, yeah, sod this, I'm off. But it looked, um, it looked like race out front. Oh, everybody, me included, was thinking, wow, this McLaren's got some pace. This is going to be amazing. Well, yeah. It's going to get in the lead. But that's because Max was Max was having a cruising couple of opening then, laps because they all had to save their flipping tyres. And then all he did, he just, he, I think he pulled out 1.8 seconds on a lap, on a lap, <laughs> in a race. Incredible. It was, it was, it was a, a good second it was, place. Well, it was, a, um, it was a brilliant second place for Lando. It's just such a shame that he's, as I said, racing in this era with... We, uh, we had, with Max, yeah, we had we had the Mercedes uh, Entertainment from George, George's radio message Entertainment, uh, and I, I don't know what Lewis was thinking because George quite rightly said, "Tell yeah, tell Lewis I'm not going to try and overtake." So, so Lewis was the DRS train leader because Alonso was away in third. I think made a good start. So as long as George was behind Max, so he told Max not Max behind um, Lewis. So he said, "I'm not going to try and overtake." But keep give me the DRS. Yeah, you know, I've got to be in DRS. She should have done. Perry's Lewis should have done me. that. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, one like Lewis has a bit of a spurt on, and George is saying, "Well, you know, are we a team here, or you know, are we racing now?" But Lewis shot himself in the foot. He's the one trying to beat Perez for yeah. second in the championship. Because as soon as he, he allowed lost George's DRS. Perez overtook George, then Perez caught up Mac, caught up Lewis, and overtook Lewis. So oh, the, the Mercedes I don't, know, mess. I don't understand. So yeah, their, their their strategy is awful um, in terms of working together. But I think Lewis is just so paranoid that George is going to say, "Right now, move out the way. I'm going to. I'm faster. I want to go through." But but you should be using DRS, really using it as a team to 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 gap Perez. Not yeah, I know. To... Yeah, it was weird. And then, of course, you know, Max, uh, George did catch up Lewis. Why can't I say Max? Lord George did catch up Lewis at the end. And he did have a dig up fast, didn't he? Then he overheated. He overheated. He had to retire from overheating. I'd fallen asleep by this stage in the middle of the Grand Prix. It was, it was very dumb, um, wasn't it? But then, luckily, we had this magnificent Alonso moment at the end. You know, Checo had finally caught. He was going to get a podium. After all the trials and tribulations of the, the <laughs> races gone by, qualified ninth because Piastri had spun. Um, and he gets Alonso. And then uh, there was always, I mean, by then, of course, the tyres are knackered. So now they're both driving as fast as they can, which is quite nice. They're not preserving it. They're going for the moves. Uh, but I think Chekhov, he pulled out of almost a second, didn't he? And then he, I think he had a little bit of an error um, going on to the big straight with a lap and a half to go. Um, and the, the good thing about Interlagos, if you can have DRS or slipstream, as I call it, is that you've got the, the two sessions one after the other. Yes. So you can catch up your Absolutely. second, if you're 0.9 behind, yeah. you get on the gearbox, and, and then, which is what Alonso did, and then, of course, with the, with the second go of DRS, uh, getting a good exit from the, the turns one, two, the S-bend, went back past again. That was brilliant stuff. That was all cheering. But that was the biggest high point of the whole thing, to my mind. Yeah, that I don't know what they're with F1. The, that was the only proper racing of, of uh, F1 in the whole weekend, which is we a have to... shame. De we have to de-science it. You can't uninvent technology. That's the trouble. It's going to get worse know. and worse and worse. But like I said earlier, I think the audience is going to completely change with uh, who follows Formula yeah. One. Did you see yeah. the? Um, did you see a the new audience? There was a there was an interview with what was his name? The rapper. I don't even know what they call themselves. In bright yellow, <laughs> another Martin Brundle oh. Gridwalk, and it was the most 
back machine gun kelly it was the most embarrassing thing ever it's cringe why are these people there and then and then he left before the grand prix even finished and oh, why are these people there but that, oh. this is exactly what you said it's not about uh watching the racing it's not about racing. it's the show the champagne and the show who else finished where who who else do you miss that they had a good race i don't know Mercedes were in the end result. They've all it. said, even Toto Wolf said they can't wait until they, they ditch this car. They've all said it, it quite publicly. But it was a, it was a, uh, it was a very. It was Lando. A lot, very... Lance had a reasonable race, but obviously Aston Martin was very quick. Lance got fifth, didn't he? Ferrari, terrible sixth. Gasly had a good race through to the Alpine, didn't he? And then Yuki Sonoda had a good run. He got to ninth to a point. They were quite quick in the Alpha Tauris because we lost. Um, poor old Ricardo on the first corner. Logan Sargent had a solid run to 11th, but there were only about 12 people on the lead lap, I think, at the end. <laughs> Not even that. So Maybe we move on. I mean, it's still spectacular. It's a spectacular thing to watch around Interlagos, which made it entertaining. You know, that's what I always say when I used to watch the Grand Prix cars, you know, when I was a kid, that one car going through a corner was, you know, exciting to watch. And cars going around Interlagos are exciting to watch because of the dips and the turns and the corners. So it's... Um, They've, yes, they only, they only lost three cars at uh, in Mexico, which is which is unusual. And uh, I think the race before yeah. that, it was only one or so. Um, and in terms of the drivers' championship, second place, Lewis and Perez, it looks like it's going Perez's way now. Finally, so he's found a bit of form uh, right at the end. So he needs to hold it together. He's got a twenty-two point lead on Lewis. So very unexciting. But uh, how have we got to go? We've still got um, three races, I think. Only, uh, only Vegas, two to Miami. Go. Just uh, two. sorry. Just Vegas. Just and, Vegas, uh, Vegas, and Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. 23 races um, in a year. It's a lot. <laughs> well, it's over in Bahrain, of all places, to have World Sports Car Championship. I'm not sure how many crowd turned up. World Endurance, <laughs> um, yeah. World the Sports World Car. Sports Cars were, were, were showing, demonstrating what's, what's really great about the growing size of sports car racing. Not because it was in the Bahrain race. Just because the quality of the field you know, is growing and growing. Um and for racing enthusiasts, you know, this is the place to be. Eight hours of Bahrain perhaps was a bit long and a bit uh, drawn out. Um, but, you know, I'm loving the future of World Endurance Championship. Um, unfortunately, the next season starts at Qatar, which is just not a, not a traditional. We have to have these great... Tra- they, yeah, they've Tiff, lost Seabrook. Tiff, 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 Tiff. You keep saying, unfortunately, they, they got Qatar and they got, unfortunately, Bahrain. But these people are supporting it. These people are making it happen. They're putting the money know, up to make it happen. But the crowds aren't there. Unless you get a huge crowd that yeah. proves it's enthusiastic. You know, if you but get the, packed, the, I mean, they go to Imola, Spa, Le Mans, But it's 2023 now, so the, next year. the crowd doesn't have to be there in person. So you can watch it from anywhere. You can watch it from your mobile. You can be on an airplane and watch it. So it's it, like, the world has changed a little bit in, in terms of that. The have you watched football matches where they've had no crowds because they've oh, been barred awful. for some reason? Awful. Yeah, absolutely. It looks terrible. There's no atmosphere. There's yeah. nothing there. You, and there is, you do need a crowd somewhere, I think. It's just, lot... Even on the television, yeah. even with cameras, you, you get that sensation. There's been a lot I mean, of look at, I mean, The cameras obviously. in F1. Yeah. F1, they love, don't they? Going into the cameras and wait, get a lot of drunks to say, right, when I say now, all wave your flags for Red Bull and Ferrari. And they'll go, Whoa! <laughs> so they do use the crowd. And I think, you know, you show crowds. Some of that, the, the run up to turn one and Cota, that huge bank of spectators, you know, that really adds 
does add atmosphere, even watching on the television. So I think a crowd, wherever it is, so what they did, atmosphere. as you no doubt remember, during COVID with football matches when you couldn't have an audience. What was all that about, by the way? Um, but uh, they yeah. would play, Sky would play, you could watch on one channel with canned audience noise, like cheering and stuff. Yeah. One channel <laughs> oh, without. Oh, that's right. Yes, I forgot. I, I watched it without. I couldn't stand it. There's no one there. They, no. they were playing this crowd. Yeah, we watched it without. I know. So crowds do match. There we go. We proved the point. Okay. Um, but no, 12 elevate mixture of elevate, then MDH cars turned up at Bahrain. Two Toyotas, two Ferraris, two uh, Penske Porsches, two Peugeots, a Cadillac, a Van Wall, uh, plus two privateer Porsches. That's a like about the fact I do like that you can buy a car that costs about $10 billion. Um, you know, and next year there's going to be 18, there's going to be 18 LMP cars. Alpina joining BMW, Lamborghini, uh, and this weird Asotta Frastini, if it actually turns up, which is tested. Um, so I'm so looking at the 18. It was the last race in the World Series of LMP2. They've got their own championship next year. Uh, 11 of those turned up, not coming back next year. Then 13 uh, GTE AMs. Um, and this is also, that was the last race for GTE, because it's going to be GT3. And there's going to be 18 GT3s next year and 18 prototypes. The GT is going to have Ferraris, BMWs, Lamborghinis, Porsches, Corvettes, Lexus. So next year, Qatar, Imola, Spa, Le Mans, Austin, Fuji, Mega. But no Silverstone. We got lost out. See, we're losing out. That's British fans yeah. who would go watch a, an endurance sports car race. Um, but it turned out, it was, the Toyotas, again, they dominated at the moment. They still just got that edge with the extra experience. They finished first and, and second. Um, but also the title was decided. It was a bit of an incident at Turn 1 because the championship was still between the two sets of Toyota drivers, the number seven and the number eight. Um, but uh, they'd, they'd qualified the Cadillac. Earl Bamber had qualified the Cadillac third, but he locked up his brakes, his fronts. Again, fly-by-wire brakes. He said he didn't know why, you know, and the fronts just locked up and he slid about 100 yards into the back of the um, number seven Toyota, Mike Conway's so, car. So with their fly-by-wire, can they not pump the brake and just sort of... Do, no, I don't know what you can do. I'm not thing. sure what you can do. Mm. No, I think because it's turning the brake distribution because it, it depends whether it's gathering battery or not gathering battery as to how much deceleration you get from the from the rear tyres. So, um, But that meant that the number eight uh, Toyota escaped to win the race easily and take the championship. The second year running, the crew of Brendan Hartley, Sebastian Boemi and Rio Hirakawa uh, took the title again. Ferrari's, Ferrari's a bit off pace. I think they qualified about fourth or fifth or fifth and sixth. No, Porsche was third. Yeah, they qualified um, fourth and fifth, but they battled back to finish third. Uh, a privateer Porsche, the Jota Porsche, finished fourth with Britain's Will Stevens as one of the drivers. So, um, you know, the racing still, you know, still the Toyota have dominated, but I don't think they will so much next year. Um, the Peugeots, uh, who were. Uh, don't have a rear wing, which I've mocked ever since we first saw it on this very podcast. <laughs> it won't work. It won't work. And they qualified 10th and 11th of the 12 cars and finished 8th and 9th. And rumour has it that when we next see it testing, he may well have a wing on the back. Don't tell them I didn't tell them. Don't tell them I told them. Um, LMP2 is the last ever LMP2 in the World of Jurassic Championship. Robert Kubica was, Kubica was part of the winning trio. Um, and they won the championship as well. Him and uh, the Swiss Louis Delatres and Portugal's Louis André won the last LMP2 race and the championship. 
Whereas we had this wonderful story, the GTE AMS, of the Iron Dames ladies. You see, you won't get that in Formula One. Winning, and they won the GTE AM uh, race. Um, win the championship. That that went to the wonderful. That went to the, the Corvette crew. Won the championship over the whole season. And the great thing about this GTE AM and the GT3 next year is you have to have a gold, a silver, and a bronze. So all these all drivers are, are quantified over their previous experience. You go to the FIA and you get a racing. Um, and the gold driver is uh, is the, the Swiss girl Rahel Frey. The silver is uh, Michel Gatting from Denmark, and the bronze um, is the Belgian Sarah Bovi. So they all combine to combine the balance between um, of, of you know talent. It's, the idea was to bring more and more bronze drivers, the rich amateurs, which has been history of sports car racing ever since I started. You know, I had a rich boss. You know, I had a manager of Pink Floyd build a car that I raced at Le Mans. Um, so you have to have these three categories of drivers. So the bronze bloke brings 10 million pounds or 5 million pounds because he wants to race. So that sort of makes a healthy mix. Um, but next year, the, 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 in fact, I just finished this race from Bahrain. The um, Iron Dame's sister car, the Arda Lynx Porsche, um, was actually leading them. They were, they were running second. But their bronze driver fell ill and you have to do a certain percentage of the race. So the poor old bronze guy couldn't get in and do his share of the laps, which is all worked out. So that helped the uh, the, the dames take the win. Um, but yeah, next year, the thing of this gold, silver, bronze, the bit of a drawback is the next year now, the manufacturers are more involved again. I think each of the teams could only have two cars, like two Ferraris, two Porsches, two Lamborghinis. Um, there might be some privateers added. But the, the factory-backed teams are now looking around for the fastest bronze drivers um, and maybe saying we'd have to pay too much money, but we need a bronze driver. So there you are, Paul. You'd have a talented bronze driver. <laughs> you know, you could be in a factory Ferrari. So it'll be interesting <laughs> how that works out now that it's becoming a bit more serious and there's less GT cars on the grid. So how many started in Bahrain? Yeah, 13 started. There are going to be 18. There's going to be more GT cars because they've dropped the LMP2. Um, but I'm so looking forward to that kicking off. It's going to be quite a sensational uh, story. It is. But anyway, talking... wonderful congratulations to the idea. Three ladies, quick ladies, maybe they're on yeah, pole they position. Um, and so it's good to see. So talking about sensational think... stories, let's go to NASCAR because it was the grand finale of the NASCAR season. Your man, Carl Larson, number five. There must he was going to some... win. There must be it some was nailed it. It wasn't the greatest of races, to be fair. I'll get I tell Where everyone to watch watch NASCAR tonight. Um, it oh. was round, it was in um for Phoenix, the sort of tri weird tribe. We're on the back straight, which has got a slight curve. They're allowed to straight line it, no track limits. Uh, but bizarrely, it's not actually that much quicker. They have, to, they have to drop off the banking. But when they have the starts, the restarts, they literally go six wide. <laughs> it's just manic to watch. Now, unfortunately, we didn't have many yellows. It was a bit of a yellow free race. We didn't have many of those amazing restarts that are a great scramble of, of cars all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Right? The four drivers that qualified to, to be in the shout for the championship. William Byron was on pole position. Kyle Larson's fourth on qualifying. They're both in Hendrick uh, Chevys. Christopher Bell was added 13th in his Toyota. And Ryan Blaney was 15th. So looking on the you know grid, we thought Larson's in there. Him and his teammate, they'll sort it out. Um, but in fact, first of all, poor Christopher Bell had a, a front disc explode which put him in the wall about 150 miles an hour, sort of thing, occupational hazard with the NASCAR. 
no injury. So he was out. So there was down to three of them. And Byron led for a while and uh, Larson was running third, but gradually both the Bradley Blaney tracked him down at his forward, uh, got to the lead, not actually the lead, because Ross Chastain was out front leading, but Blaney was second. Doesn't matter, you don't have to win the race to win the title, just to be the first to finish of the four. But right. um, Blaney was obviously the quicker driver, but he kept having bad pit stops and dropping back and having to come back through the field again. Well, I mean, just the top five or six. Um, but the car last, the last, there was a, a yellow later in the race, I forget what for. Oh, it's um, Kyle Bush had a spin. There weren't many yellows. But Larson's crew did what they did when they won in the championship. So when they won in the championship, he was running third and wasn't going to win. But late yellow came out. His crew got him out first on the track and he won the title. And this time, he was running third of the surviving three. And his crew got him out, leading the other two. This was it. He was going to win. He was going to win. But um, by now, the Chevys, they obviously weren't as quick as Blaney's Ford. And uh, Byron's dropped back a bit. And then Blaney tracked down Larson and overtook him, the swine. And, uh, <laughs> Kyle did everything. Kyle, they were just, you know, they just, they rub paint trying to overtake. They, they side draft, they come up in front. And Larson just tried everything he could, but Blaney gradually stretched the gap. So then all the Larson fans are now, give me, yeah, we got a yellow. Someone crash, someone do something. But I'm glad it didn't happen because I think sometimes, you know, someone's robbed of a, Blaney deserved it in his Penske Ford. Um, so he held on to the win. There was no last-minute yellow, and uh, he took the championship. That's a good old Blaney. A good ending shame, to the NASCAR shame, season. Shame on, uh, on your man, Carl Larson, but there you go. That's it. Carl, that's win them all, Carl. That's it for the week. I've got some, I got some news hot off the press. Our little Ford KA, the V-Box uh, RaceLogic car. I'm, I'm, <laughs> hold on a minute. Hold, before you go any further in KAs, I... Apparently, I've been volunteered to race next year. Apparently, it's a deal, according to some twit. Yeah, you told me you told me you wanted to race. You said I, you were going to do an hour. I've but... since watched. I've since watched Brands Hatch Crashes video. <laughs> when they roll coming out of Paddock Hill Bend, they don't just fall over. They roll three times or four. <laughs> they don't just you? fall over. Donnie Milner, ex-British Rally champion, he was there as well. Uh, Mick Tandy, him. Oh, you're not going to roll it, are you? It's any well, hopefully you're not. Anyway, but um, <laughs> what news are you going to bring? Our little Ford K, well, I say our uh, the the V box one needs a new shell, needs a lot of TLC, needs probably, which is huge in the world of KA racing, needs about three grand spent on it. So I don't know whether we will be out next year anyway. We, well, you're going to start fundraising. You, you sort of go fund me. You're about to start crying and go fund me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I might do. I need that to pay the mortgage. That's it. That's it this week. Thanks for joining as always. And uh, yeah, um, next weekend, oh, yes. MotoGP. The only thing on. Always, we always have to. Tell, you always forget to tell people. Excitement builds. You're ready to leave us. Where are they? We <laughs> can't find my own notes now. Of course, in Malaysia, Sepang, great track, wonderful. There should be three fantastic races. Where's Malaysia? How far ahead is they in time? So they'll be in. They'll be um in the more early mornings. You have to get up early or just record it. I quite like Sunday mornings if you can record it while you're sleeping. Then just get out of bed and don't do any um social media and watch them as live. Yeah. And of course, the titles really being fought out: Moto GP and Moto Three still going to the wild. Three races on the trot now to decide their champions. Three weekends on the trot. Um, Pedro Costa's pretty one Moto Two, but uh, great racing. Perfect. Good. Thanks for joining. See you next week.